So, great big good morning to everyone. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair. It's wonderful whether you're joining us today as part of our studio audience or joining us online any day of the week from any part of the country. Wonderful to have you here today. And today what we're taking a look at is this topic of forgiveness. It's a topic we need to think a lot about and, and you know, in having different conversations with people about forgiveness, it, it's, it's one of those small little things that we do that we have to become consistent at practicing because it's incredibly difficult. I had sort of a funny, funny reminder of how important little things are this morning. You know, for those of you who are in this part of the country, the northeastern part of the country, we're in the middle of a little bit of a cold snap. So I, I had kept all these, all these cans of, of soda that we use here at New Church Live as snacks afterwards, and I open up the trunk and I thought like, I know, I know what happened, I know what happened. This is what happened to some of the cans. You know, where they, where they blew open. And, and I thought, you know, I, I kind of knew that was coming. And I could have done a few little simple things that might have changed it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. How do we make those changes around forgiveness in both ways that, that are heavy and ways that are light? You know, sometimes we have these big, heavy things we need to forgive. I imagine all of us have those. And very importantly as well, we always have those lighter forms of forgiveness as well that just need to become part of our daily practice. And we're going to be talking about both of those here today. I had a wonderful conversation right before church with our dear friend Scarlett Lewis. Scarlett uh, runs the Choosing Love Foundation. Scarlett's son was sadly killed in the Newtown shootings those years ago that was so tragic for the nation as a whole. And she's spoken here at New Church Live a couple of times. And we were just chatting, just a little bit, a couple little touches here and there, and, and this is what she wrote this morning. They don't tell you how it's done, but the Bible does. And that idea of moving away from, from you know, trying to figure out why everything happens to figure out how to move forward in life. And a big part of that how is forgiveness. Like, how do we really get to a forgiving place. And I'm not just talking about forgiveness as in like a royal pardon. I'm talking about a soul level forgiveness where it, it just becomes sort of how, how we're grounded in our lives, how we, how we kind of hold our lives. It becomes the water we swim in. I think most of us probably know one or two people who are, who are talented at that. I am not talking to you today as an expert at all. <laughs> I'm talking to you today as, as someone who's, who wants to share a message that, that's a struggle. I think it's a struggle for so many of us. And, and where, do we want, where do we want to go with this? Well, we want to understand this idea that, that love is not just a sentiment. It's not just a sentiment. Again, we have Valentine's Day coming up. It's a beautiful sentiment. But it's more than just a sentiment that it's actually a conviction. It's actually something that, that, that has to be a core conviction, a core, core commitment in our lives as we move forward. As musicians come out, I, I, I want to say, you know, it's, it's, it's because love is so important. It's interesting, one of the most beautiful passages, I think, in the Bible is, is where Paul talks about it as the most excellent way. And how do we live into that? 
Like not a love that's a, that's a sentimental love, but a, but a love that is made rich by the forgiveness that's just part of it. A love that is made deep by the forgiveness that's part of it. A love that's able to move forward because of the forgiveness that's part of it. That love can become so important. You know what, when uh, we, had a, we had a small group meeting last night, a beautiful small group dinner, and, and one of the people said, yeah, forgiveness might be our most critical task that we face. It'd be hard to argue with that. You really can't have love without forgiveness. You can't have forgiveness without love. The two go together. And that's part of this whole series, like love anyways. How do we move beyond it? How do we move beyond our challenges in life? So I am so excited to have you folks here. Thank you for joining us at New Church Live. We have a great service ahead for you. And the last word is welcome. Good morning, everybody. Thought I'd give you a little background on this song as the can falls off the table. Um, not everybody here knows that uh, this is my brother, Ethan, and also our mother, Sherry. We all make music together, and we've been in the music business for a long time, but we didn't really all come together and join forces till about six years ago, and this is the first song that we wrote together in that time. Sometimes it gets dark till it's impossible to see And I know it must be easier than what I make it out to be But with a little bit of open, so much healing can come through And the things you thought were broken stand back up in front of you Take a breath, take a breath, close your eyes, close your eyes Deep inside sense of life and it all gets kind of heavy nothing's feeling right you forget about the thankful and start feeling all the lack and the atmosphere is cloudy and you can't find your way back take a breath close your eyes just keep breathing you can see it Into the light and finally 
So again, hey great big good. Join us Whoop. this coming Sunday for Beyond Ourselves. We'll be talking about pet peeves. Oh man. Well, now you know mine. Feel free to make your own video talking about your pet peeve or write a comment or send us an email. Thanks. Josh. I love, I love that video, right? Because, because folks, we all, we all do struggle with that, right? We, we struggle with pet peeves. We struggle with this forgiveness thing. We struggle with the fact that, that humanity is what humanity is. People do what they do. And it's interesting just looking at, at the message of how all this works and, and, and the old message versus the new message. Like, how do, how do things really shift? How did, how did things shift, and it, should they shift in our, in our consciousness? Now, it's interesting when you look at that and you think the Old Testament versus the New Testament. Well, here's a line from the, from the Old Testament that was beautiful and, and, and uh, you know, was, was, was just captures the way so many of us, I think, can see the challenges of life and, and can see the ways to not be forgiving. So long, long, long story short, this goes back to the very beginning of the Bible story about two brothers who get into this huge fight. It ends up very tragically. And this is, this is what is said in the Bible way at the very beginning. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech 70 times sevenfold. So in other words, you took this, this family thing that had happened and that the vengeance wasn't just to be like vengeance. It was to be 70 times seven. For all these generations, that this vengeance was to just go on and on and on. And then along comes Jesus, and Jesus says, you know, I actually, there's a very different way I think we have to look at this. There's a very different way I think we have to hold it. You know, I'm just thinking of Gandhi's great line, you know, if it's really all about an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, we're all going to end up blind and toothless, which is true. And Jesus has this beautiful line where he, where he flips it. And, and here's, here's that line. This is from Matthew 18. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. So here's this Old Testament thing everybody would have been aware of, vengeance going 70 times seven. And here's Jesus, here's Jesus going like, well, actually, that's how many times you forgive. Now, now this part here, folks, you know, one of the things I, I, I really love about it, I love about it, is, is that I think this is very human, right? How many times do we, do we sort of stand there thinking, well, how many times do I have to forgive them? My mom is celebrating her 85th birthday this week. And I called her up and we were talking about birthday gifts. 
And she commented about something about my brother and how he had done this thing and how great this thing was. You know, he'd done this thing when he was 16 years old. 50 years, you know, like way back when. And I'm just like, I'm instantly back to like, wait, I'm preaching. I, I, I got to be forgiving, right? Just this crazy thing where I was still holding on to it. Like, and it just took a few words from mom to bring me right back there. All guilty, raise your hands, right? Just instantly brings it back. And here's Jesus going, no, you got to forgive 70 times seven. You just have to keep on forgiving. Now, folks, I want to talk about this kind of in two different ways. I want to talk about it in lighter ways, as well as in ways that are, that are heavier. And I want to start out with the lighter. You know, and that was that pet peeves video. Like, we all have pet peeves. I love Emily's with the milk, and you know, you need to get milk, and then there, there's Josh, her boyfriend, you know, has used it all up. And I imagine all of us have a few of those pet peeves. A few of those things that just drive us crazy. And it's down to how people chew. <laughs> it's down to who's late, who's not late. It's down to how they drive. It's down to how, how much stuff they keep in their car. There's all kinds of things that are our pet peeves. And maybe that's even a place to start with this idea of forgiving 70 times 7. Because it's easy to think of it, right? Like 70 times 7, that feels almost impossible. Especially in light of this, folks, especially in light that people really do do things that hurt other people. I want to be clear about that. Like, we do things that hurt other people. You do them, I do them, other people do them. And it's easy to look at this 70 times 7 as this is impossible. Like, there's no way. There's no possible way we can work through forgiveness on this thing. Now, I want to be clear, and I'll come back to that. There are some relationships where we have to practice forgiveness, but also remove ourselves from that situation. You know, and that's, that's, I feel like I should say that almost every service in some way, shape, or form. But here's the good news. 70 times 7. The fact is, you practice that all the time. You practice that all the time with those you love. Here was, a, here was something that somebody wrote, which I loved, and she was talking about her sister. Where have you forgiven 70 times 7? We forgive our siblings for staining the sweater, losing the sleeping bag, stealing the boy, for not seeing us, for the adults we have become, for holding us hostage over that one time we said that one thing for being smarter or more athletic or happier than we are, for having children who are smarter or more athletic or happier than ours. I really like that line. And there's something to that. So, so where is it for you? You know, where is it for you? Where have you practiced that 70 times 7? Where have you been in a situation where where you know this is just this thing they're just going to do, and you can just keep on practicing forgiveness because you've done it. And, and why, why does that matter? Why does that 70 times 7 matter? And, and I think this is important because they will continue to mess up, 
and you will continue to forget to forgive. It was, it was interesting, folks, like as we were talking about this in our, in our sermon writing team, and this was, this was new to me. Like I hadn't, really, I hadn't really considered it like this, to be honest. I had this idea, right? Like every, most, most people who have been around Christian circles for a long time have, have heard this 70 times 7 thing, uh, you know, 101 times. And, and I sort of had in my mind of, well, what that means is, is somebody does this sort of this egregious wrong to me. And that means I just have to keep on, you know, here's this thing and I just got to keep on forgiving that thing, that one event. And you know, now being my age, I, I really wonder this, and I wonder if you think how you hold it. You know, there's just a way, 70 times seven, there's just a way that this, 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 these challenges of life just keep on happening. And that person out there who's doing that thing is probably gonna continue to do that thing. They probably are. People do change, my experience is, but not that much. <laughs> and we work at it, but, but we, still, we still find it hard, and we just need to keep on forgiving and forgiving, forgiving, because they're going to constantly do that thing, whatever that thing is. And I think you know where this is going. We need to practice that, because it's the same for us. Like, think of somebody you love. Think of a little thing that you've done for years that you know drives them nuts. You know? And just smile at that. And just think, again, so much of forgiveness that, that we want from them is just to get, hey, I'm, I'm just trying my best, you know? I mean, just a simple one, folks, we, we have coming up in our household. I absolutely, thoroughly, completely dislike doing taxes. If, there may be a few of you who are fans of doing 10W40s. Speak to me after church. I get anxious. I get nervous. I wonder where are all the forms? How do I plug it? We even have an accountant, so it's just a matter of organizing the forms. But even then, I get all anxious. Am I going to organize these right? And then, of course, in my mind, what it goes to is, is eventually being sent downriver you know, because they found some little $10 glitch in there. It's known as catastrophizing. My wife, we've been married 34 years now. She knows that about me. So I told her, I said, honey, next weekend, I just want to let you know I'm going to be doing taxes. And she said, thank you for telling me I won't be here. And that's, that's just a little form of forgiveness, right? I can't really control that. I would love to be able to say, this, this is the year. This is the year where there's no money anxiety on my part whatsoever. The odds of that, folks, though, are zero. So the 70 times 7, it has to work towards us, you know, when we're the ones, and it also has to be something that we welcome in, just, just continually forgiving people for those little slights, because, because this is something I know. As crazy as that sounds, one of these days, you're probably going to miss those little annoying things they do. One of these days.
that will actually be a little endearing thing to you. So that's, that's the concept of 70 times 7. And how do, we, how do we get that to work? Now, I want to say to folks that, that one, of the, one of the challenges is with forgiveness is, is we also have heavier forms of forgiveness that we need to practice. And I want to talk for a minute about why, why I think we need to just keep on working at that. You know, what's, what's, what's really the big picture there? I, I, was, listening, I was listening to an author a, a few nights ago, and, and he, he said something really fascinating, I thought. He said, you know, in our minds, these really challenging things happen. And, and think about that for you. You know, all the, the list of hurts. And we all got a list. We all do. He said, we have these lists, and some of them are light, right? Some of them are light, and some of them are heavy. And what he said to me, and, and like, let this resonate. I think this will resonate with us here today. He said, the problem is, is that all our hurts, they start to have a conversation with each other. That was one of those ones when he said that, I thought, ugh. You know, some spiritual things we hear and we welcome them with gladness, and there's other ones we hear and we're like, oh, I just wish that wasn't true. For you, where are the hurts in your life? Where are they starting to have a conversation with each other? Because that can become, at least for, I would imagine for a lot of us, that can become a narrative. And I think about it sort of like a spider web where all these things start to connect and anchor to each other. And this thought gets connected with this thought. And this thing, I don't know, that your brother did 50 years ago is still <laughs> with you today. Like, it becomes these little, these little threads. And that becomes sort of a picture of the world. And that leads to its own kind of inflexibility its own kind of challenge, its, its own kind of way of, of seeing the world that, that doesn't work terribly well. And, and even there, folks, like, like one of the ones, I think an important aside, is, is we can even do that with institutions, right? We can do that with groups and institutions, sort of nameless and faceless, and that can create conversations that we're having with individuals, and it all, that all becomes a web very hard to get out of. And social media does not help. Social media does not help. So how, how can we do this somehow differently? Well, let's, let's look at a, at a very famous, heavy example of it, but it's a little line in here that, that, that we need to consider that most of us have just, it's a story many people are familiar with, not everybody here will be, but most of you will be. It's a story that we kind of jet over quickly and we, we forget a key line. So I want to set up the story for you. The story is about Jesus and, he, and he's, he's out there, he's teaching, and all of a sudden he hears a crowd coming towards him. And just like put yourself in that, right? And it's not a good crowd sound. It's actually the sound almost of a mob. Nothing pleasant about it. And they come and they're dragging a woman with, with them and, and this woman has been caught in adultery. 
literally caught right in adultery. Now, going back to the Old Testament, going back to that 70 times 7 approach that we talked about at the beginning of church, it was real clear what the penalty for adultery was. And the penalty for adultery was to be stoned to death. It was, was a capital offense. And they, by the way, a little aside, they had all kinds of capital offenses, like children disobeying parents, that was also a capital offense, just so you know. Lots of extremes there. And so, so here's this woman, famous scene, I've preached on it many times, maybe you've heard the scene, you know, Jesus writes on the ground, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and this woman actually ends up being saved and she's saved when Jesus says these words. Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And, and I, I picture, this is such a Jesus moment, right? He doesn't call down fire from heaven. He doesn't grab a sword and start swinging. There's no vengeance and, and I, I picture him in this moment and in this mob and him being able to look at everyone there and somehow them all feeling like he was looking at them right in the eye and him saying, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone. You know, each one of them hearing, are you without sin? Are you without sin? Are you without sin? Are you without sin? And not saying it like in an accusatory way. I, I feel like we steal so much from Jesus when we steal his smile. When we steal his joy at life, when we steal his happiness. Like, like the most loving people I know are the most joy-filled. And I think Jesus, again, even here in this moment, there would have been a lightness. There would have been, so you haven't sinned at all? And you, you haven't sinned at all. You know, there being a lightness to that, an important lightness to that. And the line goes on here, folks, beautifully. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. And I love this line, the older ones first. Until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. So, so we have to, again, we, we have to place ourselves in this picture, right? I mean, that's what the Bible's about. It's about placing ourselves in this picture. Just imagine this woman, terrified for her life. No doubt she's downcast. She's looking down. She hears Jesus say these words. And then she hears Jesus say this. And then, and then stones start to drop. And you just hear that, stones hitting the ground. Just hear that for a second. Hear those stones hitting the ground. Just take a breath and hear the sound of forgiveness. Just hear. Where do you need to hear that sound? Where do you need to offer that? It brings a smile to think that, that again, that line, like 
the older ones first. And, and, you know, that brings to my mind, you know, why? Why were the older ones to get it? And I think probably because they are the ones who finally, like when we get older, we get like, oh, we're all just human. We're all just human. We all make mistakes like day in and day out, constantly. And even, even this morning, like I, it was, I woke up this morning and imagine many of us do this and the first thing we do is we think of all the problems ahead and then we think of all the places where we blew it the last day. And a friend last night had said this beautiful thing. She said, imagine at our, at our small group, she said, imagine instead in the morning if we just took 17 seconds to go back to a treasured childhood memory. For me, it's a memory of snow. That idea of that being part of forgiveness too, like I don't want to keep on launching my day, and I imagine many of you join me in this, like we don't want to launch our day continually with, with all our hurts in a chorus having this conversation together. We have to figure out a different way. And this, this way is, is not just because we'll feel better, it, you know, privately. I mean, that's a great thing to feel better privately. It's really good. But how else does our world change? How else do we do it differently? I mean, for a millennium, we've, we've done things in a way that, that this feeling right and feeling upset, it, you know, it's like an adrenaline charge, but, but how do we find a third way, a very gentle way? Now, now, that doesn't mean, of course, that, that we don't take stands and say hard things. Of course we do. We need to do that. And we need to have forgiveness with us on that whole path. Because, folks, and I think this is real important, that's the transformative move. That's the move that starts to transform the world. It starts to shift things. And we don't go out sort of with this this, this, this complex that we're going to change the world. It's God that changes the world. But when we're in a position of forgiveness, when we allow things like what Jesus said there to move through us, and those stones start to drop because the message resonates, the world is a better place. The world is a more loving place. Now, can I share a story with you about that? I want to share a story that, that hopefully will, will bring at least a, a piece of this home. This is a story, and, and I shared it way back when, but then I, and then I reread it, and I thought, oh, i got to share it again because it's, it's such a beautiful story. So this is a story, and this is, this is written by Serene Jones. Serene Jones wrote a wonderful book on grace. And in this book on grace, Serene Jones, who's president of Union Theological Seminary and a pastor, she talked about shoes. She talked about shoes. 
So what had happened is, is Serene was very successful and, and it had a lot of things going right in life. Everything was going right except for her marriage and her marriage fell apart. And as happens with many marriages that fall apart, many divorces, is it's, it's rarely an easy process for anybody. It's very hard, very challenging. And, and Serene's husband had her daughter, her young daughter, who I believe in the book with the story was in second grade. And he had her for the weekend. And then he brings her back. And Serene, it's, it's Sunday night. Serene's trying to get lunch ready. She's trying to get her daughter ready for school, et cetera, et cetera. And she's laying out her daughter's clothes. And she looks for her daughter's favorite shoes. And there's only one of them. He had forgotten to pack the other one. Now, any second grader who has their favorite colored shoes, hers were purple, these are red, granted, but, but any, any second grader who has their favorite shoes that they're supposed to go to school with and they only have one, what are they going to say they're going to do to school the next day? Are they going to go to school the next day, yes or no? No. It's like, I'm, I'm not going to school. This big temper tantrum. Big temper tantrum. And Serene is like, she's got a decision right here, right? She's got a decision. I love the way she phrased it. Because I think we all have these kinds of decisions. She knew with one shoe on one hand, she could, she could be in a place where, where she would take a stand and she could sit her daughter down and she could say, honey, your father really is careless. This is exactly why the marriage didn't work. And the amazing part was at that moment, she realized that she could create a story for her daughter that could last her daughter's lifetime. And again, if you think about those negative stories in our minds, having conversations with each other, you can imagine if the daughter has this as her primary story, her, her explanatory style, you know that all kinds of stories are going to get attached with that over the years. And Serene decides to choose differently. She shifts the conversation a little bit. And she says, do you remember this? Do you remember when your dad taught you how to tie your shoes? Do you remember how proud you were? Because you were the only kid in school who could do that. What a great, what a great shift. See, that's forgiveness. That's 70 times seven. As we get older, that's what we're to know more and more. But please don't wait until you're older. You can practice it now. Now, folks, as all good stories go, you know, all good stories have a little bit of humor to them. So eventually, through this, you know, and, and getting her daughter to calm down, her daughter agrees to go to school with different shoes. So Serene goes in, she puts her in the back of the car, she opens up the rear door, 
studio audience, what did she find in the back seat? The other shoe. The other shoe. Folks, that's so much, I think, the way the world can work for us and, and the way we can start to understand the importance of this, of this transformative move. This, this way of understanding forgiveness in a new way. Now, now again, uh, for, I imagine most of us in here do have at least one relationship where, where forgiveness is possible, reconnection is not. And I, I want to say, as a church, we support you in making those decisions that you have to make for your own mental or physical safety. And, and yet, this, this move towards forgiveness, this kind of thing, this is, this is what changes the world. I mean, when I, when I read that story, and I've, I've read this book now three times, it's such a good book, and I hear her talking about, remember when your dad helped you, taught you to tie your shoes. Do you know what I hear? I hear the stones drop. I hear the stones drop. One at a time, I hear the stones drop. It's a truism that when we end up forgiving other people, which really frees them, we end up knowing this, that the reality is we free ourselves in that process. It's not a lot of fun living life burdened by all the ways we've hurt each other. And life gets pretty incredible when we can make that transformative move of forgiveness, both for ourselves and for others. I, I find it so incredibly powerful in terms of how we're told to look at this from a Christian New Church perspective. This is one, folks, by the way, if you, if you have a phone, I would take a picture of this. This is so important. This is from the book, True Christianity. Loving our neighbor is loving the goodness in that person. That, you know, there, there's a lot of things that I think about with, with faith that I find so deep and so enriching. And, and this, this is one here that can really be life-changing for people. Because you got to follow it through, Right? So does everybody have at least some goodness in them? Yes. Our job is to draw as close as we can to that goodness. That's what we're, this is so important. And, and my language is going to fall way, 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 way short of, of how to convey the significance of this. I know there's, when we look at this, it means if everybody has some goodness, my job is to draw close enough to see it. Because let me tell you, in my world, it's much easier to see all the flaws 
It's much easier to see all the mistakes, to see all the hurts, to see all the letdowns, to see all the coulda, woulda, shouldas. It's the easiest thing is for me to see that in other people and even see that in myself. Forgiveness says something different. Forgiveness says you are a child of God, made in God's image and likeness. Forgiveness says they are a child of God, made in God's image and likeness. Can you draw close enough? Can you step in? Can you lean in? Can you get to the place where you can even see that deep goodness within them and love that and serve that and seek to bring that out into the world? That's what we're called to do. And folks, it's good work. I mean, when Serene Jones talks about that, that, that sort of that second part of it where, where she said, remember your dad tying your shoes. Yeah, you can hear the stones falling. And you can also hear someone has, who has decided, I'm going to love my ex-husband. I'm going to love the goodness in that person. That's a place to think about. That's a place to be. Because friends, that's where we start to write a new story. I got the call today I didn't want to hear friend of ours is talking on the phone said you found someone and I thought of all the bad luck and the struggles we went through how I lost me and you lost you and what if all these voices outside love's open door make us throw off our contentment and beg for something more I've been learning to live out you now But I miss you sometimes And the more I know, the less I understand And the things I thought I knew, I'm learning them again I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter But my will gets weak my heart's must to shatter, but I think it's about forgiveness, forgiveness, even if, even if you don't love me anymore. These times are so uncertain, there's a yearning undefined, and people filled with rage. But you all need a little tenderness. How can love survive in such a graceless age? 
And trust and self-assurance that leads to happiness Are the very things we kill, I guess Pride and competition will fill these empty arms And the wall we put between us, you know it doesn't keep me warm I've been learning to live without you now But I miss you sometimes The more I know, the less I understand And the things I thought I knew I'm learning them again And trying to get down to the heart of the matter But my will gets weak And my thoughts seem to scatter But I think it's about forgiveness Forgiveness even if, even if you don't love me anymore There are people in your life who've come and gone They let you down, you know they hurt your pride You better put it all behind you as life goes on Carry that anger, it'll eat you up inside Trying to get down to the heart of the matter But my will gets weak And my heart's not to shatter But I think it's about forgiveness Forgiveness Even if, even if you don't love me anymore It's about forgiveness, forgiveness, even if, even if you don't love me anymore. Thank you, guys. Ethan, thank you. That was beautiful. What a great song. So, folks, we're going to have a little video here, and then when we come back, I just, just want to let you know we're going to be closing the service a little differently this week, which is, again, we, we run a little video here, a little, little, uh, little ask for, for, you know, supporting New Church Live. And then we're going to close it with a prayer, and we're also going to close it with a meditation. We're going to start doing that at the end of the service. So take a look at the video, and then we're going to do a little prayer and meditation together. Hey everyone, it's Angela. I just wanted to let you know about a way to stay plugged in to all the things that are going on here at New Church Live. Oftentimes I get asked, how do I hear about things that are going on or how do I stay up to date? And one of the best ways to do that is to visit our homepage, um, newchurchlive.tv, and there's a Get Involved tab. And right there, we try to keep it up to date with all the events, all the ways to get involved, all the ways to serve at New Church Live. Um, maybe if you live locally and you wanna help out um, around New Church Live, or we also post all of our events, small groups, um, community service opportunities on that page. Uh, be sure to scroll down and see all the different things that are coming up. Um, and if you have any questions, you can always email me or contact me or put information in the chat window, and I'd be happy to answer any of your questions. So we hope that helps, and we hope you'll use that page um, to stay up to date. And uh, I just wanted to let you know where to find all the information. So thanks, everyone. Thank you, Angela. 
So folks, again, it's a real pleasure and I just want to say, just for us to be able to share this today, just really appreciate it. I think, I think this stuff matters. You know, I really think it does. I think, I think we can make transformative moves. Again, it's not about not saying the things that need to be said or not taking the stands that need to be done or, or any of that. It's about how do we move forward in a world where those things are true and we carry forgiveness with us as well for the fact that we're all human. We're all human. Just that, just that simple. So with that, folks, we're going to close today's service. What I'm going to do is I'm going to offer a prayer, and then we're going to do the Our Father prayer. And then I've, I've asked Allie Duran to, to start offering a little, a little piece at the end of church, just a little meditation as a way to just settle us and give us a time to just, you know, feel those better angels of our nature, as the saying goes, before we do our last song. So with that, please join me in a prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for the opportunity we have to talk about forgiveness in our lives. And Lord, again, help us to not only see forgiveness as an event, but maybe this, to see forgiveness as a way we can experience life. Experience life in its biggest, best, most blessed sense. In its most inspiring sense. In its most joy-filled sense. In its most light-filled sense. Let us be there. And hear our prayer, Lord. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. Allie? Good morning. How are you all? All right. Um, I'd like you all to close your eyes right now. And I want you to acknowledge, maybe you're in your head, I want you to get into your body, and I want you to imagine a stairwell, maybe a ladder, maybe a sliding board down into your heart. And I want you to look around at that heart space and notice who's there, maybe no one, what color you see. Uh, really get into that body of yours and be with it. I want you to call to mind a situation, a person, something that feels hard for you to forgive. I want you to feel those feelings and any word that comes, just let it go. Just be in the feelings, anger, sadness, rage, regret, maybe a little hate in there too. Know those tough emotions are part of the contract of life. They are a threshold 
that allowing ourselves to feel those feelings will allow us to step in to a new way of being. They are the access to freedom. It may feel uncomfortable and know that that discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. So I want you to hold that person in, in you that feels that upset, that unforgiveness. I want you to tell that person that you love them and that it's okay and that you're okay with those feelings. And I want you to imagine now that you're at the feet of God and you bring that person with you that feels unforgivable. Your higher self and their higher self are there. And you tell them what's going on. You tell them those feelings as God, as your witness. And you let God handle those upsets and be your warrior. And you invite God into that relationship with that person, but mostly in relationship to yourself with this situation. Because when you change, the people around you change. And imagine yourself, take a deep breath, all the way down into your hips, making space for this new way of being that you are inviting in. Let it out. Take another breath. Imagine more space being created that's of light and love because these feelings are gone and you have more space now in yourself. And invite God in to transform you in relationship. And hear these words, behold, I make all things new. Amen. Falling behind 
Thank you guys. See you next week.